Welcome to the Business of Vulnerability podcast. This podcast is presented by Pulse for Good. Pulse for Good helps organizations improve by helping them listen to vulnerable individuals. If you'd like to find out more, please visit www.pulseforgood.com. Thank you. Well, might as well get started. Um, uh, so I just want to do talk a little bit about the history of Pulse and see what you guys remember about starting. Like there's this interesting thing that happens where when you um, when you're doing something, your memory becomes kind of selective. And I think I have like a selective memory of how we started this um, and and where our goals were and and how smoothly it went and all sorts of things. Um, so I, I wanted to get everybody in, in chat and just see what do you remember? What was your like first memory of it? Interaction, the genesis, all of that type of stuff. So uh, you know, not everybody at once, but uh, one of you want to uh, throw in what your first kind of pulse memories? Um, you know, what where you first heard the idea? Kind of your thoughts. So there was obviously when we started out with happiness pulse. Yeah, um, and the idea of the employee feedback surveys and trying to improve, you know, life for employees. Um, but one of the memories that really stands out is when we started pivoting towards um, the social services space. And uh-huh. I remember in your basement the phone calls with your mom and talking about how uh, these—I don't know what the groups are called. I don't know if it's the COCs, but they have to have a consumer voice and they have a really hard time pulling in someone from a consumer voice. It usually ends up being someone who has recovered from homelessness, yep. um, not someone who's actually, who's in the experiencing it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where this idea of the surveys started, but we didn't really nail down the idea of the kiosk. Um, I remember we actually, when we started, we're thinking about an app that police officers could use. So mm-hmm. a police officer, when they picked up someone homeless, would ask them questions. Um, we'd also talked about like putting them in places, like co-opting the kiosks at Walmart and having a button that said like, I'm homeless and you fill out a survey there. Yep. Uh, in hindsight, all of those things would have been so difficult compared to what we do now. Yeah, it, it is interesting because I remember the kiosks were almost... Uh accidental thing like we had looked at them and we i remember we bought one to try it out and then it it just ended up being a a fairly good fit and i'm pretty sure i was probably against it to some point to some degree (laughs) because of the hardware and the need to ship and do things versus something that's more pure SaaS. yep it's true like it it is an interesting thing that uh, you know our margins are not anywhere near where they could be if we were just selling straight software but a big part of it is we have to sell a delivery system that can actually get feedback from vulnerable people. Um, that was a big transition. I, I remember the phone call originally with the city of Seattle and and kind of talking through it with them and realizing you know they had done some whiteboarding and some different things of of how they could use an app to try and and gather feedback from people. Um, and and we had just the the rudimentary kind of survey stuff to start um, and, and realizing like hey there's there's a need here whether or not you know, you, you can fall through with it. it. That was, that was interesting and exciting because it went from being like, Hey, we could, we could do this to, um, Hey, we could really make a difference and, and help. And I, I was excited by that. Yep. I'm trying to remember, do you remember? So I 
pretty sure we had that conversation with your mom around November timeframe, but it wasn't until like January, maybe even later in like March that we started the kiosk idea. Cause we didn't install the first kiosk at, uh, the Wigan, service, yeah, the Wigan Center until like July. Yeah, June. Yeah, it was June. June. So I, I actually have some vivid memories of. So we we started all of this like and and I, I remember I, I remember pitching to tie the happiness bolts idea right short surveys for employees, um, in probably June right so June of 2017, and then I believe we started meeting through that summer. And we didn't actually like, I think, organize our official company until December. November or is yeah. it December of 2017. Yeah, December 2017 is when we became yep. official. Yep, and and organized Pulse for Good, which is after we we'd gone through and gotten some feedback, you know, and, and pivoted to social services. Um, but I remember in January, so we reached out to a whole bunch of people and just had gotten nothing. And I remember being on a phone call and been like. Like, all right, well, you know, let's give it another week. And if not, let's let's kind of pivot back and go back to doing employee stuff. I don't know if either any of you guys remember this, but we were pivoting back or planning on pivoting back. And then we, we hung up the phone and we used to meet late at night. I, right. So and I don't remember what it but we got a email from uh, uh, um, Senator Anderegg in Utah. Right. Um, and he was was covering homeless data stuff. And so he wanted to meet with us during the legislative session. And that was like the first um, real traction we had over anything. And I remember going in and we we brought in, um, we showed him the, the, the site that we had that was kind of Yelp for homelessness. And then we pitched him the idea on the kiosks. Um, and, you know, he really, really liked it. Um, in hindsight, there wasn't much he, he was able to do for us, which was okay. Um, but that that prevented us or, or stopped us from pivoting, which I'm, I'm grateful for. But it was that funny thing like in my head of, okay, if, if this doesn't, you know, if, if we don't, we have one more week and if not, we need to pivot back. And then as soon as the phone call or the phone call ended, we got that email. I just remember being super excited about it. Um, man, uh, yeah, a, a, long time. a couple of memories there. I, I remember it was like really timely that that we heard back from Senator Andreg and I thought wasn't there someone else in Utah's um, legislative that that had reached out and did some I can't remember but anyways it, it, the the timing was like I want to say like the next day or something when we after we had talked about kind of going back to the HR stuff yep literally it was it was like an hour afterwards uh, i remember because okay. i still remember getting the email at night like late like because we finished our, our phone call at probably like 11 o'clock and so like a midnight email from senator andereg's intern saying hey he would like to meet with you in like two days um and and i, I remember we went down we even have pictures somewhere of of a group of us at the capitol i don't remember who who went um and and we met with him in the Capitol. And then we met with a few other, like, uh, oh, uh, Representative uh, Kennedy, yeah, right? Isn't it, was it Mike Kennedy? Is it oh, Kennedy? Yeah, Mike Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yep. Who, um, who ran against Romney. 
that guy. Yeah, he did run against Romney. Yep. So he was he was super nice. But did either of you go to that one? Yeah, I think it was you, me, Wes, and Ram. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and and uh, uh, yeah, we had kind of felt out of place. At least I felt out of place because he started like asking us questions, like uh, most people don't even know about their who who their representatives are <laughs> and things like that. Yep. Um, but but then he went and showed us um, a couple of the rooms where they pass a lot of the bills. What do they call those? And, yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, he showed us the took us the House floor, which is kind of cool, and then the the Senate as well. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. But 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 he respectfully like sat down and listened to us and gave us really good feedback. But I think most importantly, told us like to go for it and that it was a worthy cause. Yeah. I still remember him asking us if we knew who our representatives were. It was funny because we were on the house floor and our representative, at least my representative was sitting like two seats away from us. Um, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is we had, we'd emailed him a bunch of times and he just had no interest in talking with us. And so it was this awkward, like, I know who he is. I don't want to tell you who he is because He's right there and he's been ignoring us. I do remember how, um, at least in my mind, when we met with them, we thought it was just like huge, right? Like, oh my gosh, look look who we're meeting with. Can't believe it. And uh, if, like, as I look back, it's like, I don't know if that's really done anything for us other than given us the motivation that we needed, which obviously is important. Right. And it's got us to where we are, but it gave us that motivation that we needed to like continue to, to, to proceed with this mission. But like tangibly, like, I don't think anything came of either of those meetings and we've had a hard time getting in touch with anyone from uh, any local government since then. Yeah. It's interesting because it's um, like, like in the moment it felt so, so important. Um, Yeah. And in reality, it, it it meant nothing other than keeping us kind of on that that right track. And so it was. Yeah. I look back and think, like, man, we were so young and naive, and it was only a couple of years ago. It's just that we've learned so much more about how things work, and and um, right, and, and kind of the difficulties yeah. in, in different things. It's it's been an incredible learning experience, but it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, reminds me, I remember going in and talking to Shelter the Homeless, right? So they were like the next big group that we got in, in, in oh, yeah. contact with, right? Because they're building three new shelters in Utah. They were kind of over everything. Um, they were also young and naive, uh, right? They had no idea what they were getting into. Um, and uh, I remember going in with Rem and we had the, we had a kiosk at the time, but we didn't have uh, anything to run on the kiosk. So it was like this funny... Like, hey, imagine this thing running software, um, right? And but we here's our old Yelp concept, and we just hadn't been able to transition it over yet. And so we go in and we we pitch, and I still remember like vividly asking uh, Preston, who's amazing, uh, they're running it. You know, ask like, how much do you think this would cost to do it for the state of Utah? And I remember just throwing out because I had no idea. I had no idea. I was like probably a million dollars, you know, a year. And I remember Preston saying, you know, I think you could probably get that. Um, and uh, like in my head, I thought it was going to be coming from them. Knowing now what I know, that there's no way that they would have that money to be able to do it. And and really it's probably more thinking state legislature or actually I know he was thinking 
uh, uh, there's probably some some groups out there, companies that would fund this to be able to do it all over the place. Um, and, and he's not wrong. Um, but the, I remember walking out of there and being like, I walked in with nothing more than uh, like a concept basically. Right. Yeah. And asked for a million dollars and wasn't turned away and they were still interested in it. And, and I was like, that's when I realized like, Hey, this must be a need. Like if, yeah. if something just in the concept stage, can get people talking about the money and, and being like, Hey, we're willing to explore this. Like it must be neat. And it really was, it, it I mean, still is. Okay. And so what Preston did next, he set up a meeting with the major service providers. Um, right. So there was, uh, the road home. Um, and so Michelle Flynn, who is That's the, right, now the executive director there. Um, uh, but she, she wasn't the executive. She was like deputy executive director or something. She was, she was in charge, but Matt Mikovich was in charge of everything. Um, there was volunteers of America, um, uh, had somebody there, um, Catholic community services were there. And, and so, uh, Matt Melville was there and, uh, the fourth street clinic was there. Okay. And, uh, um, but which is awesome. I, I remember someone in that meeting telling us that, um, there are kiosks wouldn't last a day in inside of a shelter. Um, and, uh, uh, Matt uh, Melville was really quick to jump in and say they had, they'd used kiosks before and that the people were respectful and, and were happy about it. And so they, he, um, you know, he very quickly came an awesome champion for what we were doing. And obviously, you know, Travis mentioned we got them installed in there in, in June, but so that meeting was probably like March and then it, it took us yeah. till June to actually get one installed. That one kiosk installed in June, um, will be at it will hit its two year anniversary here this coming June and is at about twenty four hundred uh survey responses. So that's a lot of feedback um for that place. We also went live with that kiosk without a data view, so we had no way to see the data. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> I, uh, I I remember getting an email saying like, hey, is there a way to print this out? And me being like, oh crap, Travis, we need to find a way to print things like yep. tomorrow. Um, well, gall, no data view. That's amazing. It is interesting how much of our product I take for granted. And I like, I, I backfill in my mind of like our product right now is what I think it was when we Two went live. Yep. Yeah. Right. And, and I forget how much better it is now than it was then. Yep. Um, and I'm curious if I continue to do that, like going forward. If five years from now, I'm going to be like, well, yeah, of course we had all these cool things in there from the beginning. Yeah, it is hard. Like I look at it and I still feel like it's so uh, young and needs so much work, but it has come a long way and got a lot more features than it had in the beginning. Tons. And I mean, obviously we have a backlog of literally stuff we think will take years to accomplish. Um, but, but I forget that we've put two years into it. Right. And then yeah. we've been accomplishing it. And obviously the pace has increased because, you know, more full-time work on it and, and that matters. Um, I, I was just thinking about what it was like to work part-time on this. Um, I wonder how many hours were put in between like eight at night and midnight on this over the last two years. Um, we should have tracked time better, but oh well. We, I mean, yeah, but it, it probably was a massive amount of hours. Um, in, I'm not going to say the middle of the night, but for me, it's after kids go to bed, um, where that, that's just what my kids know now is when they're asleep, I work at night. That's just how they've 
they've learned. Um, well, as I've been redoing the weekly update email, I was uh -huh. reminded about how atrocious some of the stuff I wrote was because it was, you know, I'm going to work on this for an hour or two every night and I just need to get it done. And so like, I didn't care what it looked like and I didn't care how bad it was. And it kind of makes me sick sometimes when I look back at some of the stuff. <laughs> disappointed so, in yourself. <laughs> yep. So I think it goes to say like how, um, I don't know how 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 efficient you are, how how effective you are with the work that you do, because I mean it was a product and we sold it even in the early stages. So whatever you did when you were half there was still awesome work. Yep. Had lots of I, bugs along the way. Yeah, I mean we did, um, but the issue thing is it added value. Right? The kiosks just rock. Like I, I am amazed at how well they work. The, the kiosks function so well because they act as their own form of advertising, right? People see them and are curious about them and yep. then go over and interact with them. And so they need anonymity to be safe. And, and you can't really get anonymity through email or through um, a website as much as you can. The kiosk just protects their, their anonymity and, and keeps them safe. And, and, you know, compared to other forms of, like you said, well, human interaction, but, you know, at some point in time, you've there's going to be some sort of interaction with a physical device, and at least a touchscreen has one smooth surface to clean, no buttons, no. Yep. No other. If we go back to the, the 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 true origins of things, you know, like the conversation you had with Ty pitching. You know, I, I think that's kind of interesting to talk about that maybe a little bit. And some of those memories that we have, maybe yeah. in another podcast, maybe when we can get all six of us. Yep. Um, but I, 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 like, I, I in, in a way, am kind of like the the hub around where all the spokes are because I had conversations with everybody, right? So because I, Mark, I talked with well, you and Rem a whole bunch about starting a business for forever. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'd never heard of, Travis and Ty and Wes until like it was official like that all six of us were gonna yeah I'd never heard of team you. up and <laughs> uh, <laughs> no and I I mean nothing by it other than like it was like hey Blake came to us with I think it was a text message at that time like hey probably uh, here's here's everybody here's what we're gonna do we're gonna try and do this thing um, and we had talked with you. Uh, you're, you, the guys at Centiva had talked with you, but not all of us together. So anyway, I, I just thought that was kind of a unique way that things transpired. And at the same time, like everyone put their trust in you, like on like Travis, Ty, and Wes put their trust in you to, thing to, to do, join but in. But, but I mean, to, to allow like Rem and I to be in. And then on the same token, Rem and I had the trust in you that Travis was good at what he did. Right. Yep. It, and, it was uh, interesting because I remember like we started moving and then we're like, all right, we need to, we need to like make this more real. So it's like, all right, everybody put a hundred dollars in. Yeah. This. And I look at that now and be like, like how cheap were we that that's the investment we were willing to make into this thing was a hundred bucks. Hey, um, we never had to invest any more dollars. So that was a big win in my mind. Yeah, uh, totally. Huge. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I will say that the investment came in the form of me not refunding you. 
for expenses that you'd made on behalf of the business as opposed to yeah. like hard cash that yeah, we true. put into the bank, you know? Yeah. But we were never like, we've never been to a point where it was like, okay, we've got to pay a bill and we don't have enough money. So everybody pony up so we can pay a bill. Yep. Yeah. It is interesting. Like regardless of how this ends, like we may never turn into a giant company. I, I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, to me, we're a pretty good bootstrapping success story, right? We have two full-time employees. We we have enough to cover all of our obligations, and then some. Our two full-time employees are not uh, um, compensated to where we'd like to be, but that's okay. I mean, it's the risk of the startup, and that's what we're working on. But but like we also we have no debt. We have no. Uh, we own the entire company. Like we control our mission. We have you know, annual contracts that will renew and keep going. Like it's a pretty good for our first company. We're doing pretty good. I'm not, not going to be complaining. Um, and, and I think a lot of it is because we're doing something good and, and things fall into place when you're doing that. Right. I think if we were doing something else, it would be a different story. The interesting thing about the, the employee happiness thing is it really comes from a conversation that me and Wes and Ty had, um, Wes had a board game group that I was invited to, right? And so I came and played board games with Wes and, you know, every couple, maybe once a month or something like that. So we come play board games. And we, we were talking about how when you're, when you're playing a board game, you have a different experience every time, right? Like sometimes you play, it's super fun. Sometimes you play, it's not. And there's different variables that go into it. Like, for instance, how many people did you play with? Who did you play with? Did you win? So a classic example of this is Monopoly. Uh, Monopoly is tremendous amounts of fun if you win and horrible for everybody that loses, right? Like that's just how it works. Um, and so your experience varies greatly based off every time you play. And so I was thinking about that and we were talking about building a website where you could do reviews of board games and, and you, would, you wouldn't just do a single review. You'd do a review every time you play. Um, and as we were talking about it, I realized that that same thing was true for almost every human experience. and particularly. Um, for, uh, as an employee in a, uh, at any place, um, I can jump on and give a review you know, on Glassdoor or compa- comparably or any of these other places. Um, but the problem is, is I have a ton of experiences, right? Some good, some bad at every place I'm employed and you really need the totality to give where you're at. Um, and so it's interesting that in a large measure, all of those ideas are still here, right? Like everything we do at Pulse is still around that of, an uh, individual's experience isn't a single experience. It's a collective amount of experiences. You're, when, you're, when you're homeless at a shelter, your experience isn't just the first day you were there or the last day you were there. It was the entire time. And so you want, you want a whole bunch of, of periodic checks of how your experience is, pulse checks, right, of, of how your experience is across it. Um, and so it's interesting that, that board games actually in some weird way were the genesis for this idea you you have different experiences when you played board games based off of various uh, variables that go into it. And turns out that's life. Your experiences change based off of variables. And if we can give feedback and track those variables in some small measure, then people can work to improve uh, either the variables that go in or improve the experiences when you put a specific combination of variables together. So, so you're saying board games are going to save the world. <laughs> 